Hey guys, this is Brett Young, Taylor Young, and Rod Erb, and you're tuned in to the Be Extraordinary Podcast with Urban Young. Real conversations about business, leadership, and personal development. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Be Extraordinary Podcast, joined by my business partner, Rodney Erb, and uh, special guest and uh, team member extraordinaire, uh, Gian Silva, uh, personal line senior agent and producer uh, that's been in the game, in the insurance game for what, six years yep. total? Six or seven, somewhere it's, around I there. I think you're coming in on your seventh year, and, and we'll talk a little bit about your background, but um, I kind of wanted to just frame this up of what the listener may get out of this and what we hope they get out of this. Because bottom line is you're doing some extraordinary things. Um, things have shifted in your processes, in your uh, the way you go about uh, your opportunities and your marketing and your conversions. and um, But things have changed your results. Let's call it like it is. You're, right. you're, you're beating the brakes off of this fiscal year. The last four or five months specifically, your business has gone from good to great as far as the leading indicators within it um, that would lead to building um, a, a, a heck of a year, a banner year within our walls in the personal lines production side. Well, I, I, call it what it is. It's, we've never seen it before. I mean, we've never seen th- this level of, uh, of production. We've never seen this level of activity. And I, and I think I want to add to that statement. I think as, as all those markers Tay mentioned, I think, I think the number one driver is belief. Um, and and I th- it'll, it'll be fun to get in and, and, uh, and unpack that. Certainly welcome to, uh, welcome to the show, man. Pumped to have happy you. Happy to be here. Super yeah, man. Happy. So give me a glimpse, man. Obviously, your position, a big part of it's marketing, right? It's relationships within the mortgage and real estate space, uh, meeting good quality partners, taking care of those partners, uh, the introduction to uh, homes that customers are buying they need help with. That's mm-hmm. kind of the top of the funnel lead where you get started with the customer. Oh, yeah. Right? So just to give context to that, a lot of your efforts are building those realtor and mortgage relationships on the front end and then taking really, really good care of people. Uh, and then asking for the opportunity to do, do all, all their business, their home, their auto, their flood, their golf cart, et cetera. Oh, yeah. And I know those conversions really take some salesmanship, right? Absolutely. There's marketing to the referral partner, and then there is salesmanship within your process and your language, man. Yep. So what's shifted? So what, what takes Gian Silva from a, in our, our walls, a first-tier performer, which is good, uh, where you're writing, you know, 30 new business policies a month, averaging just a few autos, which autos within our ecosystem are a high priority, but just a few autos a month, you're getting the production, you're getting the premium, but you're not necessarily getting the conversions. Um, if I may say a little bit frustrated, you know, that it's not happening quicker, right? Um, to all of a sudden blowing the doors off, to hitting not only the premium volume, but the policy count volume, the auto volume, uh, the marketing activities. What's changed, man? So a big thing for me was, you know, I fell into making excuses. I fell into falling, you know, listening to other people in other companies saying, oh, the, the market stinks. You know, the, everyone was making excuses because companies were closing. And, you know, I told myself I didn't want to do that. I said, you know, there's people out there, these interest rates raise and I you know talk to mortgage brokers all the time and there was still people producing at a high level so I said you know if they can do it I can do it so a big thing for me was you know shifting my focus from from negativity to positivity and finding a way so if you sit here and think you know oh it's a bad market it's hard I can't do it then that's what you're going to do you're not going to hit those numbers so a big thing for me was really changing my mindset I had to recalibrate 
I remember me and Rod had a really nice conversation where he didn't say much. It was just me talking to myself, figuring out what was going on. And I, I wrote, you know, a lot of homes and I, you know, I knew how to do that, but the auto, you know, I took my back, myself back to where I started with state farm selling autos. And I was like, man, I've done it before. So I just need to stop being negative and find a way. Take us, let's, let's pause on that because I know there's a lot more to that, Mm -hmm. but take us back if you don't mind to those early days, why insurance, why state farm? And ultimately how'd you get here? Okay. So, um, I started in sales. I was doing, you know, that's where I learned that part. You know, I was working at Hilton Grand Vacation selling vacation packages, and I did all right at that. But I realized, you know, eventually there's nobody there that was there for a long time. So I was like, you know, I want to be in an industry where I can grow, be in there for a long time. And my brother-in-law, he was doing mortgages, doing great. And I was like, man, let me try that. You know, I, if, if I don't know what I want to do, let me follow somebody that's doing, you know, something awesome. So... You know, I took the mortgage course and me being the social person I am, I was talking to the lady that sat next to me who happened to be Maria Costa. She has a, and she was opening up a state farm office. She hadn't opened yet. And, you know, me and her talked and she was like, you know, if this doesn't work out, let me know. So I took the test three times, failed it and realized. Mortgage test. The mortgage test. I took the mortgage test three times and realized, you know, this might not be for me. So I shot her an email and I called her. I'm like, hey, Maria, remember me from the mortgage class? (laughs) So she she brought me in. I had no experience. I literally started out just answering the phone, not even doing anything. Um, And then eventually, you know, I started learning how to sell insurance. You know, I learned about the insurance industry and I mostly did auto there. Um, and you know, I had a great career there and then is, you know, I met you guys, you know, my brother-in-law, once again, he was working with you guys Mm -hmm. and I couldn't really do a lot of home at state farm because that wasn't their market at the Mm -hmm. time. So Nick had, you know, he introduced me to, to, I think you Taylor, right. And he was just saying how great, you know, urban young was and everything. I was like, yeah, let me, let me see what this is about. And I remember I met you, and I was like, man, I got to go there. You That's know? Nick uh, Nick Vargas with yeah. Apley. Shout out. Apley shout out, to, uh, shout shout out, out to Nick and Apley. Nick and Joe, I should say. Nick and Joe, That's, that's right. right. Yeah, so. And then then fast, I, fast forward, you well, popped into commercial lines. Yeah. Well, I think I think what's interesting there is is I'm, 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 I'm hearing some of this stuff, and I'm reminded that you were conditioned in your early career to write autos. You didn't have the opportunity to write home. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how, and yes, then your timeline led you here. You sat in on the commercial side for a while. Um, I don't think that really ever jazzed you or excited you. I think you were, because it was new to you, right? It was, it was a totally different monster than what you were used to on the personal line side or the State Farm side. Yep. Um, but then you come back after leaving left us but come back to us and and i, I mean we're, we all talk all the time we're so glad you decided to come back but that being said i think you found your groove and you found i mean you you seem extremely fired up about what you do and and, and why you do it i think for me i watch you now and and hearing about um the state farm days and knowing you you're a, you're a car guy you like cars i mean it's easy and you've got a huge following of people that you have met and, and keep in touch with and really have a reach with inside of social media. So I just feel like, I feel like the planets that might not have been necessarily in alignment, including state farm, and then including your first kind of go around with urban young on the commercial side, and then to come back, 
now being a senior agent, I just feel like a lot of stars kind of lined up. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to talk about the past. So, like, I know I was in commercial and service, and I never told you guys, and I wish I did one day, was that, you know, I wanted to go into the personal line side. I just never brought it up to you guys. And one day, you know, I didn't think. I was just being irrational. I left, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something new myself. And I went. I left. I went to another agency. I did well. I wasn't extraordinary. I did well, but I wasn't happy. So that's why I feel like I never hit my full potential because if you're not happy and you don't like who you're working alongside, and I shouldn't say I don't like, but I, you, your, your vision isn't aligned, you're not going to hit your full potential. And I remember all that I had here, and I was like, man, I need to get back over there. So I remember I stayed in touch with all of you, Yeah, and I was, I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, it was and, fun to follow along you know, your successes because I think you know, that experience for what it was really allowed you to grow. I mean, it really allowed right. you to level up and, yep. and get thrown into it and become a true professional and yep. you know, realize what it takes to do volume at a, at a scale. And um, yeah, I'm grateful for it. I'm sure you're grateful yeah. for it. You look at it now in hindsight. You know, one thing that strikes me, you mentioned the belief part, right? It's well said. I mean, I think you can't skip over the fact that if you can't shift your belief and you can't shift your focus to what's available and the abundance and everything that you have right in front of you, what we're going to talk about tactically is not going to really move your needle much. So let's just pause there. But but once you figured out that, hey, all these beliefs that I'm holding, some of them are BS, right? Yep. Um, yep. Let me get rid of the ones that no longer serve me and let me look at other people in the industry. It's like... That's a perfect example. Yeah. You have some mortgage people that go, interest rates are up and my business is crushed over. I'm looking for another industry. Then you have some mortgage brokers that interest rates are up. It's harder than it's ever been, but they're violently actionable and are still having a lot of success. Yep. May not be as easy as it once was. So well said, There's some yeah. differences, but there's enough stories. Complete, that go, complete belief in what they're doing. Sure. And I mean, why they're doing it. It's just, and you said something earlier and you just reminded me of it. We've, we've talked about this being the hardest market we've ever seen. Okay, yeah, okay, let's, if we're being technical, that's fine. But I have always said, someone is going to figure this market out. Right. Let's be on that side of things. Like, I don't, we don't want to be kicking the walls going, oh, my God, this is so hard. It's like, okay, it's just different. It's yep. different. And, yes, we have to navigate it and learn it, but so does everybody else. Sure. And it, it's easy to get stuck in the, woe is me, the market sucks, the interest rates are high, I'm a mortgage guy, I got to find a new, a, new, a new industry, I'm an insurance guy, the, the, you know, the auto options are, are, are locking up as fast as commission we can, cuts. commission cuts, you, you know, appetite guidelines, Changing rates, comp plan, you, you name it, right? Yep. I mean, there's just, there are, there are those who can, and there are, there are people who can, and there are people who find reasons we can't. And, and I know where we sit, philosophically as an agency and an organization. And to me, it's fun to see people that share those belief systems that are like, listen, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to pay attention to the masses because I want to kind of have a pulse on what's going on. But a, a good rule of thumb and a good piece of our history is whatever the masses do, we've, we've done the opposite. Yep. We've done the opposite. We believe the opposite. We think the opposite. We are can do people. And I just think about you. It's and and you mentioned the comp plan, right? You mentioned the comp plan where we we had to we write homeowners because that's kind of our leading. That, that's what people lead with. That's our that's our marketing strategy. It's the biggest door into the house, it, it, right? It's the <laughs> biggest door into the house, right? Um, well, not really. The garage door is. Oh we're, yeah, I guess you're right. the <laughs> But uh, but but you you think about how that had to shift, right? Commission cuts, rates, 
it, it, it got it got more. It, it, I, I don't want to say it got harder. It just got different, right? Yeah. So internally, we made some changes to the comp plan right. because we knew we needed to write more auto to take up for the fact that we were reducing our opportunity for revenue on the homeowner yeah, we side. Would have, we would have sold ourselves out of business if we just sold home. We right? would have sold ourselves out of business. And I, I think about when you came in and you got rooted in that seat, you were a volume guy. You were... you. You wrote a lot of volume. You had a following, and and you could write homes. And you have you have a good following of referral partners that send you opportunities that get you that home opportunity. I remember specifically, and so so in that we made some changes to the comp plan because we wanted to we wanted to reward what we wanted repeated, which was auto movement, right? And by the way, that has been probably the the best thing for our business and the best thing for our agents' business um, that we've ever done, but. You went from a point where you were writing 40, 50, 60 units a month and no autos. And we have a president's club here. We have a president's club program where it's an, achie- it's an individual achievement. It, it's, it's, it's your time as a sales professional inside these walls to be selfish. There's extra comp. There's extra opportunities. There's, a, there's recognition. It, it, is, it is a prestigious club inside our walls. But the qualifiers autos. And... I remember, I remember some of the friction. It's like, man, I'm, 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 out, I'm out writing people. I'm writing more than people. I'm writing more volume than people. I'm writing more units than people. Yes, but what we want to write is autos. Yeah. And we had, we had some friction because of that. Yep. Talk to us about kind of that progression, instilling the belief system that you now share. Because I remember that conversation vividly, and, it, yeah, and I'm too. proud of you for not needing anybody to tell you it's like here's here's the game understand what we want for you we want you to be able to build a big business here we want you to be able to build the same sort of things that we've been after but talk to us about kind of coming from that mindset and morphing into where you where you sit now yeah so i remember president's club when i was in a service role and i was like there's no way i'm missing it i was like i gotta be there but you know as the days went on, you, you forget, you know, I was just writing home and just going on with the daily thing. And then half, you know, I think there was like three months left and I was like, man, I'm pretty far off. And I remember having that conversation with you where I'm like, dude, I have to be there. So really, well, when you, like, and since you said it pretty far off, Taylor, you referenced, you know, the, the, almost impossible. The first off. tier, our first tier qualification is five autos a month. You were 30-plus autos away yep. with three months left. Those numbers don't add up. Yeah. Like, like our, beliefs system, our belief systems that were in place then would say, well, if I'm going to write five to six to seven autos a month, I'm not going to make it. Yep. And you, you kind of unplugged all those cords and rewired those cords. Yep. And over the last three months, really, really two and a half months, you wrote 36 autos. To in, close our fiscal year. To close our fiscal year and qualify for President's Club. No one has ever been more on the outside looking in. Make a statement that you're going to be there, and, and, and we're looking at you going, do you, do you yeah. see what's in front? Like, do you understand the numbers here? Like, it, that's cool and all yeah. to say that and believe that, but, you know, and, and, and then to do it at the level you've done it would be a fluke, but you've maintained it. Yeah. Now you've, that, that has moved into... October of the new fiscal year, month one, month two, month three. So we've just closed out our first fiscal, our first quarter in the new fiscal year. And I'll, I'll get to those in a second. But 
keep keep going there. Yep. Keep going. So what, 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 what are what are the what are the what were the action steps that you can share yep. that someone listening to this can benefit from, so, new or seasoned? Yep. So what I did was I I made that my main focus. You know, home obviously was on the focus, but the main one was auto. Every single person I talked to on the phone, what I would do is I would tell them, "Hey, who do you have for your auto?" And while I had them on the phone, they're like, "Oh, I have. Let's just say Geico for right now." So I looked up how to get the declaration pages on all these carriers. I just Googled how to get declaration page with Geico or whoever. So while I have them on the phone or any person I have on the phone, I would walk them through the steps on how to send me the documents. Because if you ask someone to send you a document, just say, oh, hey, when you can't send me the doc or the declaration page, they're not going to send it because people are busy. They, nobody has time for anything. So what I did was while they're on the phone, it literally takes a few seconds. I'm like, hey, go on, log into your app real quick without even asking them. I would just tell them, hey, who do you have for auto? Oh, I have Geico. Okay, go into the app real quick. They don't have no idea why I'm asking. Okay, I'm in the app. What, what, do you, what am I looking at? Okay, go to policy documents. Um, you'll see a little arrow. Just text me the declaration page. Let me take a look. Let me see if it makes sense to even move it. If it doesn't, we'll just reach out on the renewal and see what happens, you know? And so make you it walk a, them through. You make it easy for them. Yeah. Walk, they're already there, and they go, oh, yeah, I'll send you the doc. You just... I'm, exactly. in, I'm in my app. And you're exactly. working on their home op- home opportunity that yep. you've been sent. So yep. you've already built rapport. Yep. You've already kind of remarketed them yep. on why Urban Young, on why on really on why Gion, and yep. then why Urban Young. Yep. So the marketing is happening, and mm-hmm. then the shift happens because you've you've got credibility and trust based on whoever referred them here for the home closing. Yep. You're just furthering that, asserting yourself through earning the right through building rapport yep. to just have a little bit more pointed conversation. Yep. So to where you are. I'm not getting off the phone without having this conversation. Yep. So, and if someone's busy, like if I can literally hear they're at work or something, I'm like, hey, let's jump on a call when you're free, you know, or, you know, shoot me a text. Let me know when you're available and then I'll give them a call and then I'll go into it at that point. Um, or even sometimes where I haven't got the home, sometimes I've gotten the auto because it just made sense to move it. But I just, every conversation I try to have is 10 is, out of 10, uh, 10 out of 10 of what? 10 conversations out of 10. You're, you're having, the, you're, you're, you're I'd doing say it? pretty close. I mean, there's some people, not everybody's an ideal client. So, mm-hmm. you know, but most people. Yep. Yeah, that's that. so. also. So when you ask and this this clue kind of keeps showing up, right? There's this. I either have the belief you're either you're either taking something off their plate or you're creating more work. Yep. And if you do it right away, if you do it over the phone, it takes a couple of clips. You're walking through it. You do that extra little Google search like that extra Google search is such a little tip for people. Yep. Because that information is available to make it just a little bit easier on your customer yep. to send you a deck page. Yep. All right. So that's going to be the difference that they may or may not send it to you. Yep. And if they send it to you, you're just further along in the sales process. Right. Yep. And then you can get to the point. How would you set expectations from there? I got the decks page. I'm working on the home. Now I have the auto. Sometimes you can gauge whether you think you're going to be competitive by looking at a risk, looking at driver's age. You start to get that level of rhythm as an experienced producer. Mm-hmm. But what kind of expectation would you set or not set with the buyer, the home buyer, of what's going to come next from GM? Yep. So usually I tell them, hey, I'm going to go ahead and work on this. I usually don't. I'll send out both quotes together. Yep. So, and and even then, I try to have a conversation with them beforehand, before I even send it. Because once you send them the quote, they're going to find someone, they're going to try to take that and go online and find someone that's going to to lower coverage or do things to get a, a $1 a month cheaper option. Sure. So I try to have those conversations with them. And then, you know, once I go over everything, I'm like, hey, do you want to go ahead and proceed? Because I don't, you know, I don't want to have them or give them an opportunity to call someone else to do things to kind of 
you know, yep. make, I don't want to well, say and, be shady or anything, right, they, but, but they can just take your quote. They shop. It. Hey, correct. well, Mr. Agent, you can you shady? This? Let's call it what it is. It's yep. salesmanship. Yep. Okay. Salesmanship is a very noble and, and respectable mm-hmm. skill. Yeah. Right. And I, I just say that there's nothing shady about it. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you believe you have value? And every time I hear you talk, I, I hear you exuding the fact that I can help you. Let me be your solution. I yep. want to be, I want to be your trusted advisor. Yep. That's salesmanship. And, yep. and it's like, I don't think people spend enough time on salesmanship and calling it what it is, I think yep. that I think the bias is, man. If I push them, I'm pushy. If yep. I push them, I'm shady. If yep. I push them, I'm slimy. No, I disagree. If you have an agenda that is centered around a win-win or something that's clearly valuable to them or a solution, mm-hmm. you have to be able to articulate that. Yep. If you can, you are you have you you are building your salesmanship skills. Yep. If you if you have a hard time articulating it, that's when it comes across shady or yeah. pushy or grimy. Yeah. That's just an opportunity but, to work on a skill that you yeah. yet don't have, and it all rolls up to influence. Yep. Where it's yep. a win win. A win loss is manipulation. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We don't. We're not talking manipulation. We're mm-hmm. talking about. I believe I'm your solution. Yep. Here's what's in it for you. What's in it for you? What's in it for us? Yep. You. Well, we, we build our business. That's what we do. Yeah. We're not we're not afraid to say that. Yep. But win wins, I think, is important when you start talking about influence and salesmanship rolls up to influence. And yep. I, I just I want to point that out. But yeah. another thing I want to hit on, which I think is important, if you give somebody a quote, right? If you know that if you send if you just blast an email to somebody and they're gonna have your nuts and bolts quote with by the way, no context, yep. no understanding of what the coverage is, they're blind, they're looking at numbers on a page and they're looking at a bottom line price. And then they shotgun that out to a bunch of different agents. It depends on what problem you're solving because you're actually creating more work for them. You're yep. going to create more confusion for them. Yep. And they may end up, if they go that route, buying a lesser product, um, yep. may not get the better deal, and be in a worse position than when you started. So when you articulate win-win, it's just is also a question like, what problem am I solving? Am I solving the fact that by working with me, their life should be easier and I'm because I'm going to put them in a better spot? Or am I solving the problem that is just bottom line price? Yeah. Did you did you just say that you, they're taking the quote, shotgunning it out? Can you beat me? Can you beat it? Can yeah. you beat it? Is that what you were meaning? Well, I'm just yeah. saying if it, what Gian is referencing is that he's experienced that if I just send him a quote without having a conversation first yes. about it okay. and asking him for their permission to move yes. forward in the process, yes. I'm opening myself up as the agent to get shopped, and yes. I'm, I'm giving the customer essentially the permission to say, Amen. take that, my quote and go shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you I, look at that and you go, well, I don't want them to go find out what the other prices are. That's not it. Right. What it is, is like when you talk, when, it, when a customer talks to three different agents and they all use all different coverages and different replacement costs mm-hmm. and all different deductibles, yeah. it's confusing. Oh yeah. Right. It's Actually, not good for the well, customer. And, and ultimately uh, what I was getting at, and I thought that's what you were saying. That's our fault. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is our fault. Lack yep. of sales profession. Lack of sales. Yep. Lack of salesmanship. Okay. This is my opinion. Potential customers want to be directed. Yeah. Okay. They wouldn't make a financial decision without being directed from an accountant or a tax professional. They wouldn't make a legal decision without being advised first and 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 directed by a lawyer, someone that knows the law. Insurance is no different. We have mm-hmm. to realize that that we we have a standing of a trusted advisor. You, those are that's language you build into your salesmanship. In that light, 
Potential customers want to be told what to do. Certainly there's tact, there's professionalism, there, there, is, a, there is a style, there, there is a method. But ultimately, at a high level, people, Taylor, here's how this is going to go, and here's what I need you to do for me to help Well, me. and especially after you've, all the things you just referenced that are contextual, but you've asked really good questions along the way yep. to understand what problem you are solving. Yep. And then once you understand what problem they're solving, and then you're what I would call setting that next expectation, that's where I feel like the clarity, the confidence, the posture starts to put the, the customer at ease. Yep. Because what Rod's saying is when they want to be directed, I just believe they want to be put at ease. That's this right. person knows what they're talking about. They know what they're doing and they have my best interests in mind. That's and right. I have a clear point of after the information that I've given of what is the next step. Yep. When they lack that clarity, they lack confidence, they lack trust, and a confused mind does nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think we are all guilty as rookie sales professionals, wherever we sit within that season, to thinking that it's the right thing to do to not be able to give that direction at some point in the sales cycle. Because you think like, well, I don't want to be pushy or I don't want to, you know, yeah, go shop it. Don't worry about it. No, like if you're confident in what you do, and you vetted the process, you should feel very comfortable about asking for the, the permission to move yep. forward in the process. I think, I think my process, I think why it works so well is I really try to break it down to people how it, instead of overcomplicating it, I really make it very simple. So like when I go over coverages with them, a lot of times they don't have questions because I just, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I explain it in like normal people terms instead of overcomplicating it. So a lot of times when customers are working with me, it's very, um, you know, personable. It's like, I'm a, I'm a person just like you. I'm on the other line. I'm going to explain it to you where you're going to understand why you're buying this and, and what you're getting. So an example of that, like when I tell someone, you know, uh, on a homeowner's policy, oh yeah, you know, dwelling, dwelling covers the structure itself now. And, and before they even come up with, oh, well, the loan amounts this amount. Why am I insured for this amount? Right. I already have their rebuttal. You know, I tell them, Listen, I know the value is going to be different, and that's because in Florida, we don't insure the land itself. We just insure the structure. So that already takes away a lot of questions from the lender, from a lot of the things. So I just try to break everything down into simple terms and, and just explain it to customers, and that's really worked really well for me. So you say it's worked really well for you. Can I, I'm going to give a little context. So through, Q, through one quarter, you're leading in units. So that is policies written. And I'm, I'm not talking by a little. I mean, you've got quite a lead um, in units. You've got quite a lead in autos. And you in volume, which is not a marker that we typically track, but it still is something that's fun to kind of know where you are, you're slightly in second place. Um, given all that, I'd love to know, what are you most excited about as we move into Q2? Hmm. Well, I set some personal goals, and I'm – you know, I'm just working really hard toward that. And I, I get excited for that, you know, to see my progression. And I'm like, man, it just, it gets fun. You know, I'm just having fun. Yeah. Mm, wow, so. that's a little bit of clue. And, and also like, right, our mechanism internally, like, right, we don't market for auto, right? You're, yep. you're, you're getting referred home by relationships that you've cultivated. And then you're converting the auto without an ask for it, right? Yep. So you've, I think you're averaging right now 15 or 16 autos a month. You're averaging around 45 units a month. Um, you know, and that premium falls anywhere between 80 to 100,000 in premium, right? It's a very rounded out quality volume situation um, that is very sustainable and very profitable and something you can build a very, very good business on. Um, but I wanted to go back to a little bit of the tactics. When you get to the point where you've made it simple, you 
gotten the deck page, you have an option. What does that ask look like to move forward in the process? Do you send it to them and get back with them? Do you simply ask a question? Are you ready to take care of this right now is what you mentioned. Like, give me an idea that you've vetted the prospect, you've engaged interest, you've simplified it, you've gone over enough. What happens now to be able to move them to action if it ends up being the decision that's best for them? Yep. So every situation I found is different. So everybody has a different way of of how they want to proceed. So some people, they just want, you know, they want the quote, they want to talk about it with their spouse or whoever it is, and they want to call back. I pick up on that pretty quickly, and I, I ask, you know, a lot of questions to see how they are, you know, to find out about that customer because you can't sell everybody the same, you know, or you can't get everybody the same product the same way because everybody, you know, they buy things differently. Some people like to go to the store, try on a shirt, and they have to think about it, go home and come back. Same thing with insurance. Some people want to go home, do their research, understand it. So I think it's just about the qualifying questions, you know, or finding out their pain points, how they want to be sold or how they want to purchase it. So I find that out pretty quickly. You know, and I ask them. them. So I'll just tell them, oh, hey, you know, once I get the declaration page and everything, I'm like, okay, you know, if it's a big savings, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it right sure. there on the call, sure, sure. you know, because, you know, auto changes very fast. You know, rate, a rate today can't be – it might not be the same as tomorrow or it might not even be eligible. So I explain that to them as well, and I let them make their decision. But a lot of times, I mean, with auto, it's a little different sure. than home. Home, you know, people take – it's a little bit of a slower process compared to auto. Auto, more most people are open to shopping it and moving it if it makes sense yep. financially. Um but it, it it just depends on each person. Let really. me, and I want I want you to weigh on this, mm-hmm. Rod, because we were looking at data yesterday. We're looking at the quarter, and you just mentioned the numbers. But get to the point where you're talking about because because the reason I give this context is like you to me from my perception this may not be accurate. You went from somebody that every month was trying to qualify. Where do I find business? What DM? You know who can I reach out to that I know that I can do their auto insurance? Who? Right. Like, like, and look, the hustle, I respect it, but at some point to be able to, cause what kind of professionals are we looking like marketing and sales? You're, you're, you you want to be in the game every month. Yeah. You want to be top tier of the comp plan with a consistency to it. Yep. You know, there's less of an interest in our business to have big month, small month, big month, small month, yep. dry spell, wet spell. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. which is so common, which is so common, right? So yep. what we're talking about is consistent, excellence, sustainable, writing the type, right, right, right type of products. But you went from trying to qualify and scrapping and scraping and working really hard, working a lot of hours, going home, taking your laptop, working weekends, being frustrated, not getting the results I want, not making the money I want, to there's a process shift to go boom, month, 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 four months yep. in a row where I'm, I'm top tier. Yep. So what shifted in your business to allow you to do that? Are you working on more deals? Are you saying less to more people? Like truly, are you managing your time different at your desk? How are you treating your days and weeks to be able to make that uh, shift? Yep. So there was a lot of things personally and also professionally. So I had to stop hanging out as much. You know, I was spending a lot of time doing things that wasn't benefiting me. It wasn't bringing me, you know, more. You know, I had to stop wasting time doing things that didn't fulfill me, you know. So 
outside um, of work. Outside of work. Distractions. Yeah, I had a lot of distractions. Just stuff really that did. ate up your time. Yeah, a lot of things that just ate up my time. And then, honestly, it was just a big shift for me was I, I want everybody in the room to know what I'm doing. If I'm out somewhere at a restaurant or something – you know, everybody knows I do insurance. Like I literally on my social media, my, my circle of friends, everybody knows I do insurance. I, you know, I branded myself on social media, the insurance plug. So I feel like anytime someone sees my social media, they're like insurance plug, you know, that they know that this guy does some sort of insurance, you know? So a big thing for me was just talking to more people and just every single person that around me or, or that I come in contact with knows what I do. I was at Publix the other day and the lady was like, oh, what do you do? Because I go in there every day to grab lunch, or very often. And I was like, oh, I do insurance. Here's my card. <laughs> and I gave her my card. Just, you know, I, I want everybody to know what I do. So um, a big shift for me was, you know, talking to more people, really. I, I just talk to a lot of people. I want, you know, I set intentions as well. Uh, I do a lot of research to find out who in the industry can, be, you know, not benefit me, but like, you know, who can I help? Who are the in players? The, yeah, who can I work with to help them and they help me? You know, I want to have their back the same way they have my back. You know, I want to send referrals to people that are going to send me referrals. You know, I want everybody to eat around me. So that was a big shift for me. I, I love it, man. I, uh, you hit on something and, and I think you were kind of going in a certain direction too. You're working on more deals too, right? It's yeah. like, and, and, and I think ultimately inside of our ecosystem, that's one of the, the, the rally cries, right? It's like, we, we've got good data now based on some investments we've made in, into software and, and, uh, and tracking. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're living, you're, you're knocking on the door of living in the third tier of our comp plan, which is the highest uh, level. Um, and, I, and I think what's interesting too about that, and I'll come back to the other, is you're still in build mode. People don't understand our business is so attractive because what you do in year one, it's not going to, if you do the same thing in year two, it doesn't look the same, right? Yep. Because you have the benefit of the relationships you built in year one. So year one, those, those policies, those relationships stay, but you couple that with the same level of production. Now, instead of having that level of production, you have that level of production plus level of production. Yep. The next year, the third year, you've got the original year, the second year, and now the third year. So there's this ramp up and there's this compounding that happens in our industry, which why we still and, and always have believed it's the best kept secret industry there is. Yep. You're in build mode, yep. right? You're still kind of on the cusp of experiencing what it feels like to have the efforts of year one hit you in year two. Yep. So I, th I think you're in for a, a real, I mean, I, I know what you're in for. You're, you're in for a real surprise, but you you say you say yes to you say less to more people. You're working on more opportunities. That is to me the cheat code that we sidestep. Yeah. Yeah. We forget that. We wanna we get an opportunity. And why is that opportunity so coveted? Well, because I don't have one behind it. Yep. Okay. I, I strangle it. And then I and then then when I don't have more behind it, now I get a little desperate. desperate. Yep. Now I get a little pushy. Now I and and I get goosebumps because that is that is the that is that's sales. It's not our industry. It's not that. It's not. It doesn't matter the industry. But when you're when when you when you're scarce on opportunities, you covet that opportunity way more. Yeah. Versus when you have opportunities piling up. Which, by the way, to Taylor's point. This, this, is, this is what happens when I don't have enough opportunities. I crush it. I, I call everybody I know, 
and I and, and the month is ending and I get there and I'm like, oh my God, I just had a killer month. And then the first of the month, I have nobody to call mm. yeah. because I've not, I've, I've got no equity from the people I I'm call talking. it the snowball. You, what's that? I call it the snowball. You got, I like that. <laughs> Tell us about that. So the way I've always thought about insurance is the more people you talk to, it might not be right then and there on that call, but the more people you call, uh, call quote, talk to, eventually it'll collect into that snowball. So you want to talk to or do as many quotes or whatever it is to, to get into that snowball because then at some point you just start getting calls from people you quoted months ago or years ago or whatever, and then they finally call you back. I love that. So it's, one of the thing that you it. one of the thing that you said that I want that I, I said I would come back to. And I'm going to come back to. We believe that we're not just insurance professionals or business builders or when we're here, right? When you're out in your networks, people know that you are in the insurance business, right? We believe that you want a business that you can take anywhere. You that's something you said, right? Yep. Everywhere you go, people know what you do. Yep. To me, that is another subtlety that people miss. Yep. I think I think. It is, it is possible to struggle within your role when your identity is, okay, I'm at work. Today, yep. I'm an insurance agent. Yep. The minute I leave, I forget the fact that everybody driving, every friend I have, every family member I have, how about every friend that they have, every family member that they have? We, we lose sight of the fact that our mark, I've heard Brett talk about this before. Look to your east. Every roof that you see has insurance. We live in this scarce mindset. We live in this scarce reality that I'm, I'm at work. I'm in front of my computer. I'm an insurance agent. Versus what you said, and you said it so well, is wherever I go, people know what I do. I, I know that's how it is with us. I think, that's, I, I think that's rare for people to believe that strongly in what they do and the value that they provide that they would want to Share that with people when, they, when they're out and about. I, yeah. I respect that out of you. I, and that, that is a subtlety that is not something you force. Yeah. You just like what you do. You're having yeah. fun. Yeah. So one thing I, you know, me so, personally, I love to help people. You know, that's just something that fills my cup. And insurance, I'm helping people get into their homes of their dreams, into the cars that they want to drive. Because sometimes someone, when they're buying a car, they don't think about the insurance. They don't think about that stuff where sometimes the insurance is more than the monthly amount. So then I have to do my part to find a way to get them into that vehicle or into that house. So it just fills my cup. You know, people call me all the time like, you know, thank you. You know, I was able to get into this house because of you, because I was saving on the auto, the home, this and that. And, you know, I say sometimes I save people a lot of money. Yeah, man, I, I, Rod, I want to go back to what you said. And I also want to acknowledge, you know, what do you mean by say less to more people? I mean, you're, you're people's friend. I mean, bottom line, right? If you work with a mortgage person, they know G on the person just as much as they know G on the insurance agent. Sometimes it's not you have to have it all figured out and have something fancy to say. It's just you do a really good job of staying in touch with people, staying in front of people, and just being a friendly guy. And, you know, you talk about people know we do insurance. Yeah, like I don't go up to people at parties and be like, hey, bro. We get your deck page because <laughs> right. I, I think we could save you money. That's like, right. I yeah. would never do that, yeah, right? Yeah. But I, I will tell you that they know that I do it. So when they have a need, I hope they think of me. Yeah. And what ends up happening is they do. And there's a level of abundance that just comes from Dude. not being scared to that that is what you do. And I, remember, I remember Rick Havron. Yes. Shout out to Rick Havron. One of the most respected people I know in our networks built a huge insurance agency with his partners. 
He said something. He said it multiple times. I want people to know what they do, or I want people to know what I do, so that if they have a question or a need or whatever. But what I don't want is people to see me come in and run because they think I'm going to ha- badger them about a deck page or about their yeah, insurance. Totally. Super, super. That is that is the that is the tip of the sword to me. Yep. In posture, in class, and and how about this one? Credibility, yep. right? It's like the, the loudest person in the room is not the smartest or the toughest. You watch out for the one that's quiet that says, they know what I do. Mm-hmm. And if they need me or if they if they have a need, I'll be glad to assert myself, but I'll know that I have I've got a I've got a I've got a slight invitation to, to And that belief, right, when you do get the opportunity, like, look, I believe we can help you. Let me crush this for you. Let me deliver. Way and, different. And one thing I do want to go back to, you said that so well about how, you know, sometimes newer agents or you may have even felt this when you were struggling to qualify or trying to get all in on this marketing aspect of it, is you mentioned why marketing. And you just, you just articulated that how marketing changes your behavior as a sales professional and as influence better than I've ever heard. Meaning, if you don't have an abundance of opportunities, right? You are going to strangle them. You are going to be more desperate. You are going to say more to less people. You're going to do all these things that for the prospect and the customer come off the wrong way. That's right. And as human beings, we're energetic beings and we can feel that. And it makes us uncomfortable. It gives me goosebumps. It makes your guard go up. So a lot of this push on marketing for agents, you know, there's a part of me that sometimes thinks agents think like, man, like why, why such a push on marketing? And what you just said is because marketing affects every single thing. And it's the leading indicator that if you can get enough opportunities, enough qualified opportunities, then you can, you can have better sales, you can have better influence, and you can, you can change your business. Because what's interesting, if we're talking data, and a, and a, and a reason this, this conversation came up is we look at the quarter and we're reflecting and we're, without our bias, are looking for clues. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what's going on? What's he doing? Okay, clearly Gian had a heck of a performance. Let's get with Gian. Let's talk to him. Let's figure out what he's doing. Let's look at the numbers. Is he working on more or less deals? Okay, he's working on more deals. Is his conversions higher or lower? They're lower. Okay? I say that because most people think, like, I have to get an opportunity and I have to convert it. I love this. And they they get really proud. It's kind of like in the insurance industry. People get super proud of their retention rate. And I think sales professionals get super proud of their conversion rate. Yeah. Although it's impressive, although it's something you should pay attention, although it's something you can improve upon, I do not believe it is the leading indicator of success. Dude. Because if you can get enough opportunities, you may not want every opportunity. Yep. That's right. right. You mentioned that. Yep. So you want them and if I you do. need them, though. You want them <laughs> if you need them. But if you have yeah. an abundance of them, then you, then you wind up, instead of convincing, you wind up sorting. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? No one wants to every single month be convincing people and selling and, and, and Rod's always has this dream that I used to think outlandish that you're proving is not only possible, but exciting and will change the face of your business, our business, and anybody who buys into this mindset. Yep. You know, we have a tiered comp plan, call it whatever you want, arbitrary numbers. He would always believe, hey, you should be in first tier by the middle of the month. Yep. If you can qualify first tier by the middle of the month. The rest is gravy. And you can not only hit the top tier of the comp plan, but the abundance of opportunities that come from that month that you don't close will flow into the next month. And you'll not only build um, the top tier of the comp plan, but the next month you 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 talk about the snowball effect and that starts happening. And so the clues that we're seeing from what you're doing and what we're learning from you, 
uh, and people like you is, is invaluable. Um, but I get, again, I just go back to what's the leading indicator and the data would suggest that you're working on more deals. Yeah. I know a big part of that was, um, I would, you know, if you, every day you ran one mile, it's going to become a little bit easier and then you're going to do two miles. So, you know, at first, you know, not everybody can do a hundred deals all at once, you know, in one month, you have to build yourself up to that. Just like when you go to the gym, you're not automatically lifting a hundred pounds. You're, you have to work your way up there. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's been a big thing for me was I was pushing my limits to build more capacity for myself so I can do things quicker than a lot of other agents. I was also educating myself a lot on the market. So I'm a lot quicker with coming up with a quote because I've seen a lot more. I know where a lot of things go when I see Mm -hmm. it. So that's that's been a big thing for me too. Is you know you're extremely one thing that I want to I want to give you some recognition for. You are extremely valuable. You know we talk about individual achievement and collective success. I know you're all about individual achievement, but you are an absolute ambassador of collective success. Anytime you you you're sharing shortcuts, you're sharing cheat codes, you're sharing you know valuable information. You're sending the team videos on hey. Here's, here's how I'm, you know, I just want to, I want, I commend you for that, man. That's a, That's, you know, you're, you're after your business. You're building your business. Let's, let's not be shy or apologize. The fact that I want you, everybody to win, Rod. I, I, know I want everybody do. around me, my uh, referral and, partners, as my do, teammates. As do we, as do we, which is why, which is why I think there's a lot of synergies inside these walls with our team, between ourselves and with our market. I mean, you, you can't compete against me if I want you to win too. Don't get me wrong. I love to compete. We all love to compete. We got a lot of sports backgrounds in here. Yeah. However, we can all win. Yeah, yeah who, all, it's like who are we competing against? I don't know about you, but I'm ke- competing against me. Same. That's yesterday. right. <laughs> Same. Right, me yesterday. Yeah. Because I got that. plenty of stuff to work out. The last yeah. time I thought about our competition was was never was never. Yeah. I mean, and and and, and I, I'm proud of that because you talk about an abundance versus scarcity mindset. There's plenty to go around, and there's yeah. plenty I got to work on. Yeah. So until yeah. I get that right, I don't think I should be worried about what other people are doing. You know, you know? You, I, I so, made a note. I made a note to this, Tay. You. Uh, you gifted me um, um, a book, The Four Obsessions of an, of an Extraordinary Executive. First thing they're talking about is the, the fable of the two companies and how one company is just crushing it, the other company is struggling, but on paper they look just like the other company. But they spend all their time trying to figure out what this company's doing. This company doesn't even know this company, right? Company A is just doing it, and they're crushing it. Company B that looks very similar is studying company A and not having the success that company A is having. I, I there is so much to that. You're you're I'm, that's a great reminder. You man. can make that analogy from producer A to producer B or relationship manager A that's to right. relationship yep. neighbor A to neighbor B, right? So, you know, you gotta run your own race and you run it to win, the Bible says, but that's at the right. end of the day, you know, you gotta pay less attention to what's going on over here because there's plenty of distractions to get involved with. I can tell you that in my own life. It sounds like one thing I pick up from this conversation is kill the distractions distractions that don't align with your goals. Yep. That was the first order of business yep. for you. That's what I heard. Yep. Yes. I heard I had to take inventory of what I had going on, not only at work, but personally. I had That's to figure right. out where I was spending my time. I had to figure out what my goals are. And then I had to figure out is is where I'm spending my time aligned with my goals. Yep. And if not, kill them. Yeah. If not, put them aside for the future. Yep. And then once I can limit the distractions, now I can focus. Now I can focus on the activities. You know, now I can focus on the ask so and my good. process. And then it leads to banner quarters, banner years, banner months. You are you are a pleasure, man. I, uh, I, I commend you. I'm so glad you're back on this team. I think about 
the example. I think about, you know, your pursuit. You've shared a lot of personal stuff with me about your pursuit. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Fired up to hear it. Fired Appreciate up to see it. it. Hey, and guess what? Hopefully we're having this conversation a year from now, and we're laughing at how, you know, bad these numbers are, right? Because oh, yeah. That'll be, that'll be fun for, for you to continue on your journey. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Absolutely. We're better for it. And uh, we'll talk Thanks, soon. Thanks, G.